The pre-med path can be super confusing. If you'd love some help on your path or on your applications, use the promo code PMY for pre-med years, PMY over at medicalschoolhq.net and get some help from some of our experts, former directors of admissions, admissions officers, other experts. We have a small team ready to help you today. Again, that's promo code PMY to get a discount on our services at medicalschoolhq.net. The Pre-Med Year, session number 478. Hello, and welcome to The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Welcome to the Pre-Med Years. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray. As I just mentioned, thank you so much for joining me today. Here's a question. What happens if you start off going to chiropractic school and you realize very quickly you're in the wrong place? What happens if that same student, you, were told that you could never get into medical school because of your early struggles and you gave up on that dream? What happens if you find out about this thing called a post program and you end up crushing it, crushing the MCAT and going on this journey? What's next? That's one of the questions we covered today during an Instagram Live that we did a month or so ago, answering tons of questions from students. If you have struggled on your journey, if you've been told by an advisor, a mentor, anyone in your life that you can't do this, Listen to today's episode, specifically having a great conversation with a student who went to chiropractical and decided that wasn't for her, and hear the advice moving forward. Before we jump into that, though, I want to talk about the MCAT Minute brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. If you haven't gone and signed up for a free account over at blueprintmcat.com, you should do so. Did you know that taking the MCAT earlier during the year that you are applying is ideal because if you need to retake the MCAT, you have a little bit of flexibility. If you need to push back your MCAT, you have some flexibility. But the biggest thing for me is that number one, you get your score back during a time when you can still apply early. So let's say you take an April MCAT, you get your score back in May, and you can submit June 1st. That is still applying early for all three application services. That is ideal. But the other thing, the other big thing, people don't understand how much work goes into a primary and secondary application. The dedication needed to write all of those essays, to work on your transcripts, to look through secondary essays over at secondaryapps.com and, and work on all that. The If you take your MCAT later, your MCAT prep is getting in the way of your application prep. To me, that's the biggest thing that you need to worry about and why I recommend taking the MCAT earlier. Again, that was the MCAT Minutes brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. Let's go ahead and jump into our session today with tons of great questions, including that, what happens if I went to chiropractic school first? What are medical schools going to think about that? How do I overcome my initial struggles? (laughs) 
What's up, Instagram Live? It's Friday, January 28th. That means it's Q&A day. I get to hang out with all of you here on Instagram Live. So if you are new here, uh, Fridays, 11 a.m. Eastern, I come on on Instagram. I come on on. I come on Instagram Live. Do some Q&A here in my cozy corner, sitting in my beanbag chair, and uh, just hanging out with you. Answer your questions and, and hopefully help you uh, understand a little bit more about this crazy pre-med journey um, or whatever you have on your mind. Sometimes we turn into uh, some relationship therapy, some life therapy, uh, whatever it is you need, I'm here for you. Uh, again, if you're new here, typically what we do uh, is have you come on. So when you join, there's like a request to go live kind of button. Uh, so request to come on live with me. Hello from Minnesota, Moha, Emily, Emily. Uh, how are you? Hello, hello. Hello, Adrian. Hello, my friend. How is research? We all need therapy. Yes, we do. We, we all need therapy. I just started seeing a therapist uh, um, recently. It's, it's fun. It's helpful. It's good. Um, uh, all right. Um, just putting in a message here and then we'll start going. All right, application. All right, I, I need my, my keyboard. Um, make things easier. All right, let's rock and roll. If you want to come on live, you can do so. Hello, my friend, Jeff Anderson. Jeff, where, what, like, where are you now? Are you third year, fourth year? Everyone's getting so old. Um, uh, who was it yesterday? Um... I'm terrible with names. Uh, our good friend at Yale. Um, can't remember his name. Mm. Anyway, a good friend at Yale is almost, almost graduating, which is crazy. It's crazy. Um, so let's, let's come on live. Uh, again, if you want to come and ask questions, I take questions. You're third year now, Jeff. That's amazing. How are rotations going? What, what rotation are you in now? Obviously in a rotation that allows you to be on Instagram live with me, which is probably slacking. It's probably internal medicine slacker <laughs> or peds. Um, come on live, uh, and, and we'll, uh, we'll get rocking and rolling. And so if you have a question, you want to come ask a question, um, or if nobody has questions, I can close up shop and be done. Psych. I was going to say psych, but I didn't, I didn't want to be mean and be like, oh, psych is, <laughs> is, is, <laughs> <laughs> that honestly was the first one that, that popped into my head. Uh, but I'm like, I'm going to stay away from any kind of psych jokes. Um, but that, that would have been, it would have been right. Um, all right. So again, we need, uh, we need some questions. We need some people to come on live with me. Um, uh, nobody wants to come on live. We can end early. I got stuff I need to do. <laughs> I'm working three hours a day, and it's great. For a country that has so much mental health uh, issues, uh, uh, only only needing you three hours a day 
Like, I'm sure there's more people out there that need your help. Uh, so again, if you're new here, I, I don't read questions and answer them. I just, I don't find that um, interesting. I like having conversations. So if you want to come on live and ask a question, that is what I will do. Uh, and if not, then uh, then I'll just end. So yeah, that's just uh, that's the way it works. That's the way it'll work. Nobody, nobody. <sighs> All the new people joining now. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, I'm waiting for someone to join me live uh, to come on and ask some questions so that we can actually have a good conversation. <laughs> Adrian's cracking up. She's like, what's going on, people? Uh, again, I'm just in my cozy corner, sitting in my beanbag chair, hanging out with all of you. Uh, we've got a couple of people requesting to come live now. Hello there. Hey, Dr. Gray. How are you? Good. What's your name? So, uh, my name is Ari. What's up, Ari? So I got the A this week after three years. Woo! After uh, three cycles? Three cycles. Yeah. All right, we got to talk about it. So we'll we'll do a little mini mission accepted here. Okay. Three cycles. When was your first cycle? Three, three years ago. Okay, so you went back to back to back? Yeah, I went back to back to back. Okay, so first cycle, any interviews? One interview. Good. I was not, pre not prepared for the interview. <laughs> okay. Um, what what uh, happened kind of full cycle that only got you one interview and then it sounds like you weren't prepared for the interview? I think no clear <clears throat> mission or story. Okay. Uh, so that was the first mistake. Um, I think the interview that I got was because uh, I was in state. Okay. So a little bit more, um, I guess, attractive to them. Yep. But I didn't do uh, live prep for the interview. Ooh. And Ooh. So in my in in my interview book, I I have like a one of the sayings that I really love. It's like we always, we sound like rock stars in our head, <laughs> and then yeah. we say it how it's like. Uh oh, that wasn't what I meant to say. One hundred percent. Okay. Was um, it a traditional interview or MMI? No, it was a one on one. Okay. Honest, super like in hindsight, very chill interview. Yeah, um, they should be. They, they should be. Yeah. It's usually the student that screws it up because you're trying to be too formal or too like, ah, and, and the interviewer is like, dude, like, just chill. Let's talk. Yeah. Um, okay. Second year, it, um, did, uh, um, I applied strictly DO because uh, that was the one interview that I got. Uh, I also felt it was weird applying to both MD and DO because I didn't know how to justify that to to schools. Because when they say like, that, like DO schools really want to hear that you uh, go into DO. Yeah, but but you know what? They know that students are applying to both, so you don't have to play that game. It, it's it's a it's a common concern that pre meds have of like, how am I going to justify? They're going to ask, "Am I applying to MD schools?" And I'm going to say yes, and they're going to be like, "Oh, then you're not. like, screw them." Like if they're that like uh, concerned about their prestige and they, they get a little butt hurt <laughs> like like uh that oh my gosh they're, they're they they want to go to an md school they're not fully committed on the deal like too bad gotcha doctor yeah. is doctor is doctor is doctor they don't they don't own anything proprietary other than some oh ma'am uh and so 
whatever. So you applied just EO. Yeah. How many interviews second time? Uh, two interviews. Okay. Two wait, two waitlisted. Okay. Until the very. Uh, honestly, that was the worst part of the whole application cycle. Being waiting. Waitlisted. Yeah, waiting. Like, it's terrible. Waiting, waiting until like the next application cycle starts. So you really like on the fence, like, hey, is it going to happen this year? Like, do I start prepping? Yeah. That was. T- um, the third year, uh, did, you know, did a little bit better, like fine tuned everything. Any, um, any changes in classes, MCAT scores, anything? I'm, I'm a non-trad. I've been out of school since 2017. Okay. I work in healthcare. I've been an EMT for about seven years. Wow. Uh, I did a little bit more shadowing. Um, I got a physician letter of rec, which I think helped. I didn't have that the first year. Okay. Um, did have that the second year. Uh, and I got more interviews. <clears throat> um, so that was, uh, that was pretty good. Um, in the third year, I kind of, I kind of, uh, lost a little bit of hope and applied to the Caribbean. And I think one thing that was, uh, really surprising was how fast things moved when you apply to the Caribbean. Like they, they really want you and they call you every week, like a bunch of different recruiters you get the interview really fast. Um, if you have decent, I, I, if you have decent stats, I, I think. You, <laughs> if you don't have decent stats, too. <laughs> I know. Happened so fast, and even the acceptance came like within a month. I I spoke to someone, interviewed, and was accepted. And then, and they have cohorts starting every like three or four months, so it's like boom, you're you're ready to go. Right, and the deposit like comes in. So like if you're planning on applying to Caribbean and U.S. schools financially, I feel like that could be uh, something that can trip people up because, yeah. you know, they're asking for the deposit. And they were super nice. They they actually waived the deposit for me, but I don't know if uh-huh. that happens to everyone. So I I just feel like that was like a small thing that I, I kind of haven't seen online. So, sounds and a little I, used car salesy. Be like, hey, just today only, you sign right here. Yeah. <laughs> I talked to my manager. Oh, we got a special deal for you. I think people should know that just how fast it happens if you do apply to the Caribbean. Oh, there uh, there was there was someone on TikTok recently, um, just literally yesterday or two days ago. Uh, she's a smaller creator on TikTok. Pre med student was planning on taking the MCAT again because she didn't do too well. Was was going to take it a couple days ago, and like she came on and and she was like. A lot of people have been messaging me if I took my MCAT. I actually didn't. I got COVID, but I also applied to the Caribbean and I just started like literally within a month. She's like just starting because January is a typical month that that Caribbean schools will start a cohort. Um, And it's just it's just like, bam, like, come on, (laughs) we're ready. And it's easier now uh, during COVID because everything's online. And so you don't even need to like worry about travel and, and uh, accommodations and all that stuff, uh, housing accommodations. Um, you, you just stay at home and start medical school. So I was about to sign a lease like on a place when I got two DO um, uh, interview invites. Okay. Um, put they were they were pretty the, the Caribbean was pretty cool about it. They you know they allowed me to defer. Um, and uh, I took one of the DO interviews um, about a week ago, and literally, like the next week, I like I like I got the I got the acceptance, which was amazing. That's amazing. Email, phone call. 
uh, phone call and nice. then email. Nice. I, tears? Were there tears? There was like a lot of like, uh, come on, bad. it's okay to yeah, cry. Like, yeah, amazing. Thank you so much. Like, um, that's awesome. I had, I had dropped off a patient at the hospital and I like looked at my phone afterwards. We're like kind of cleaning up and everything. And I see a phone call from like, you know, the state, the state, like, wait a second. Like, yeah. Is, so what do you, what do you think was different this time? Did you prepare for the interviews differently? Did you finally listen to what I have to say? Um, what, what, what was the difference? Do you think just random luck connecting with the interviewer? I think that happened in a big way. Um, uh, a lot of my, so <clears throat> my personal statement was started with, um, me becoming interested in medicine due to having childhood asthma and kind of about the impact that, uh, having a good relationship with a physician had on me mm. and then on that with like my EMT career, where you actually get a glimpse into like people's, um, home life, uh, and them not always being able to access any healthcare at all. Like you'd have patients, you'd have a couple of like, like two people, like man and woman, both like in their seventies, both having dementia with social like net yeah. and just trying to live. So, um, I talked about wanting to impact, uh, these populations, these people that like fall through the cracks, you know, who I've seen who are maybe not necessarily getting treatment. You have obese patients who can't get out of the house um, so I did have some really good stories, like personal stories that I was able to draw on. Yeah. And then they asked me uh, if I what I wanted to do like 10 years down the line. I talked about maybe getting more involved with EMS and having uh, more doctors and nurses going to people's homes um, to try and help patients there. And I know there are paramedicine programs, but I haven't seen a lot of it where I've worked. I think it's somewhere where we could use a little bit of work and, and it would help this population and one of the interviewers was like smiling and like, like, as I was like talking about this, he's like, oh yeah, we do have like crazy doctors that like go to people's houses and, and do this kind of thing. make house calls. Yeah. God, I, I, I've never heard of that in, in my area. Yeah. Um, it was a good, it was a good, like lucky moment there. I think good. where we connect. Awesome. Well, you are accepted. You got that acceptance. Uh, congratulations. Um, any any questions for me? Or you just want to come on and share some good news? just want to share some good news and say thank you. Like I yeah. use the books a lot. Um, I did up Academy, not live, but kind of uh, watch the videos. Yeah. Um, and how was that? It was good. It helped with my, uh, it was tough to do because of work, but, uh, but just watching the feedback. I sent in a few you know, a few questions here and there, a few uh, paragraphs. It was, it was a huge help. I think, I really think that's the way to go is really developing your story like throughout your entire application. Yeah. From to your secondaries and then your interview. And, and that was, um, it was crazy to see the difference from the beginning, you know, going from like resume style applications to like. More Just like being yourself. Stuff. Yeah. All right. You heard it here, folks. The difference was Application Academy. <laughs> that was all it was. It was all it was all Application Academy, which we're closing next week. Um, so 
it's yeah. it's crazy. I I had so much fun um, doing Application Academy and and getting back into it. We we stopped uh, kind of end of October, so November December. I didn't we didn't have any Application Academy sessions, and uh, uh, getting back to it last week and just meeting new students and just and meeting some old students who ended up not applying. I, I transferred them over to this cohort um, for free. And it's just, uh, it's just so much fun. They, they get to see like a little bit more of just kind of me and my personality and, and a little more behind the scenes stuff. So, and, and it sounded like you, um, you watch the recordings, right? I record everything. So you don't have to be there live and you can still submit stuff, uh, to hopefully get reviewed. So, uh, I'm glad it worked, whatever it was, uh, whatever worked for you. I, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you can start, uh, medical school here come July, August time. Yeah, thank you so much. You're welcome. Congrats. Yep. All right. Ari with the success, getting that A. Uh, no more requests to join. Um, the life of Nat Application Academy has been amazing already. Slightly stressful realizing everything we have to do, but amazing. There's a lot. There's a lot. And that's one of the benefits of, of Application Academy, right, is just um, keeping everyone on task. Um, all right. Andy, Andy Allen can't come on live. Is it bad idea to apply when done with all prereqs, but only have a little over 90 hours done? I don't want to gap here. No, that's fine. That's, that's just a traditional, your traditional applicant. It's perfectly fine. Nothing wrong with that at all. All right. Bring on some more people. Um, hello there. Hello, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Sorry, I'm at school. Yeah, that's okay. What's going on? Um, nothing much. Um, I have a, a question. Although I typed it in, um, I'm literally going to pass. But I guess uh, you said you don't need questions. Um, yeah, let's chat. So I have a. So I am uh, a senior. I'm graduating this spring. Okay. With uh, my GPA is like a three point three two something like that. Okay. But I've got a research job. Upward trend. Yeah, yeah, upward trend. Good. Um, since sophomore year, uh, awesome. so um, I just got a research job. I got actually, and then I am doing. I'm taking a gap year, and then during that gap year, I want to do scribe. Okay. But my advisors, they're like, they are telling me to do a, a post back because uh, they say that the GPA that I have is not good enough to apply for medical school, but I, I'm not sure. And I literally don't know anyone. <laughs> so, so uh, if you haven't yet go create a free account on mapped, put in okay. all of your courses and look at what your AMCAS, ACOMIS, TMDSAS GPA looks like, but more yeah. importantly, click on the, the more details uh, link on there and it'll it'll give you a table of your GPA. Go down okay. to the second graph and the second table, which is a class standing GPA table. In that class okay. standing GPA, what we want to see is first year 2.5, second year 2.7, third year 3.6, senior year 3.8. And, and those credits for third and fourth year being 30, 40, 50, 60 credits combined yeah. where your last 30, 40, 50, 60 credits 
is as close to a 4.0 as possible, which when combined with your lower initial GPA is going to leave a cumulative GPA of kind of a final GPA, if you will, uh, that isn't great. A 332, I think you said. But your last X number of hours is super sexy. Right. Okay. <laughs> and, and and that's where I you can't look at that final number and go, oh, three, three, two, you're not ready to apply. You have to look at the trend. A postback, the goal of a postback is to create that upward trend if you haven't done it already. But if you've done it already, you don't need a postback. Oh, okay. So go into maps, yeah, it's, cr- it's create a free account. Go into Mapped, create a free account, take a screenshot, DM me and say, hey, I was talking to you earlier about okay. my my trend and my advisor said I need a post back. Take that screenshot, send it to me so I can see it and I'll, I'll let you know what I think. Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Have a good day. You too. All right. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot look at that final number only. You have to look at that final number and the trend, the story, right? (laughs) Everything I say, what is the story? What is your story? What is your story? The story behind the numbers. If first year you're a 4.0, second year you're at a 2.5, third year you're at a 4.0, third year, fourth year, you're at a 3.0, right? Or let's 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 do even math, right? Assuming all credits are equal, 4.0, 3.0, 4.0, 3.0. Your average is a 3.5. It's so-so, but that's not a good story. That's not a good story. Up, down, up, down, up, down. That's a roller coaster. We call that a roller coaster GPA. And the admissions committee isn't gonna know who you are. Are you the 4.0 student or the 3.0 student? The best story behind a 3.3, a 3.4, 3.5, a 3.0 even, the best story behind that GPA is 2.0, 3.2, 4.0, whatever those numbers work out to be, right? You have to get that GPA up and up and up and up. And in mapped, MAPPD.com, I'll, I'll post it here if you don't know, MAPPD.com, in mapped app, because mapped has advising and other stuff, but in our mapped app, go create an account. It's a free trial for 14 days, whatever it is, but then it converts to a free account where you can still track your GPA. Go and look at those graphs. And, and we want to see on the dashboard, your green, which is the semester line, your green line should be up and up and up and up and up and up. Okay. All right. Let's bring on some more people. We started slow, but now we are on fire. Let's rock and roll. I like my cozy corner. This is my fun, my fun beanbag. Hello there. Hi. How What's are your you? name? Jenna. Jenna. Yes, Jenna. Hi. Hello, Jenna. What's going on? Um, yeah, so I have kind of an interesting story. I went to chiropractic school for a little bit after my undergrad. One of those. I'm one of those. Um, I went because so during my undergrad, I started pre-med like so many others. And then I had an advisor who, so I didn't do great in biology. I got a, I think a B and then. Uh, oh, no. Terrible. <laughs> 
And then both semesters of uh, chemistry, just gen chem, um, I got a BC. And so my advisor actually told me, he's like, yeah, you're never going to get into medical school. <laughs> like, so I would uh, not declare the major and like I would choose something probably non-medical related for you. And like didn't give me any other options. And I was like, oh, my God, um, I'm a first generation student. Neither of my parents so, went to college. So, so just stop right there. Those are the advisors. When I rip on advisors, those are the advisors that I'm ripping on. Yeah. Those, the dream crushers, they need to be out of this profession. Well, because they're not even advising. They're not advising. No, they're just going, yep, nope, nope. They're they're the the freaking uh, Harry Potter sorting hat. They're a dysfunctional. Oh, well. They're a dysfunctional <laughs> Harry Potter sorting hat going, mm, not medical. I'm like, shut up. You don't know anything. Yeah, it was horrible. Um, and that's all <laughs> I've wanted my whole life. And so I was really confused. And it pretty much ruined my college experience, which sounds uh, horrible. So sorry. I like bounced throughout majors. I declared a major four times in my undergrad. I had no well, it's, idea. It's soul crushing when you, when you have this like – figure in your life who's this mentor advisor person who you don't know as a, as a young college student and they're like you're not going to get into medical school like how are you yeah. how do you know that you're not supposed to trust them exactly especially as a little freshman i'm like oh my gosh you are the end all be all you're telling me what i can do <laughs> Oh, horrible. Um, so anyways i really struggled then i mean even academically because my confidence was shot and of I course well when you have no goal like yeah. for me i had no idea what i wanted to do and i ended up finding well no that that's not true you wanted to be a doctor yes and and every single day you had in the back of your mind i can't be a doctor but that's what i want to do i can't be a doctor i can't it's, it it's terrible it's terrible <laughs> yes um so i found my major finally in my junior year and i ended up having a really strong upward trend i mean but the unfortunate part was all of my science classes I never did well in because I had no goal. Yeah. I was just kind of them and then, you know, getting B's and C's. I went to chiropractic school because that was really the only um, kind of health related occupation that I figured that I would be, you know, um, a good applicant for and that I might get into. I really wasn't thinking, you know, nursing school or anything like that. I really yeah. didn't. Did you look I at podiatry school at all? I did not, and I did consider PT, and I okay. uh, did some shadowing in PT, and I hated it. Really? But really, yeah, I mean, I really, I wanted to be a, a medical doctor. Um, <laughs> well, when you're comparing everything to medical doctor, it's like, well, this this is boring. Exactly, and that's how it was. I was comparing everything to, yeah, yeah. going to school. Um, and in chiropractic school, I also had some, like, kind of identity confusion because, like, I felt like a lot of the classes were – based around, you know, how to be profitable in a practice. (laughs) Shh, don't tell their secrets. I know. I'm not trying to but I was so unhappy. How to to be profitable. Tell patients they need to come back a thousand times or else their pain will never go away. Yes. (laughs) And that's kind of how it was. And like, I mean, even as a T1, you know, you have 10 trimesters and like right away, they're kind of shoving that down your throat. And that was really hard for me, Um, especially because I didn't even really want to be there deep in my soul. I wanted to be in medical school. So at that time I was so unhappy. I was talking to my advisor and it turns out that the school that I was at actually had a post-bac program that they offered for students. 
that were trying to go to medical school. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I ended up in the right place. Yeah. And after my T1, I actually ended up transferring into that program. And I did three trimesters and got 4.0 across the board, pretty much redid all of my um, classes, all of my prerequisites and probably and actually quite a bit more um, did great. And so now, you know, I'm applying. I took my MCAT. I did really well. Um, I got a 515. Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! <laughs> take that, advisor. <laughs> yeah, take that. Um, <laughs> all, but now I'm sitting here and I'm trying to write my personal statement and kind of think about the questions that I'm going to be asked um, in interviews going forward about chiropractic because I'm really not – I probably will apply to one or two DO schools, okay. um, but – I honestly am not sure how much I believe in osteopathic manipulation after chiropractic school. Um, And I know that that would be obviously the obvious transition from like Cairo to DO. I I think my my guess, and I'll stop you because this is very typical. Students are overly concerned about how is this going to look? from whatever it is in your past, whether it's grade, poor MCAT scores, whatever. So you have this journey of having your soul crushed by a pre-med advisor very early on in your career, and you settled on going to chiropractic school because that was basically all that you could do. Yeah, You don't have to justify anything of like, well, I really was interested in chiropractic. No, because that's not the truth. Right. So yeah. you, you don't need to worry about wh- why did you go to chiropractic school or why or how are you going to uh, integrate your interest in chiropractic medicine into your your future as a, a medical physician. Right. You don't worry about any of that. Your path is I wanted to be a doctor the whole time. I had my soul crushed. I was I was directionless. I didn't do well. I settled on chiropractic school at chiropractic school because I was still interested in in helping people. Right. But then I realized that I was it was not where I wanted to be. Yes. Right. So I, I wouldn't worry too much about it. I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about integrating it into a story or making it all pretty. Tell the truth. The truth is you settled on it because there was nothing else that you thought you could do because of your grades because you were directionless, because of that crap pre-med advisor. So that a story that I can tell, would that fit into my personal statement then? Is that something that I should talk about in my personal statement or is there a better place in the app? You can, you can. The the personal statement is your journey to why why medicine. And so maybe it takes up a couple sentences about kind of that that path, but I I wouldn't overly stress about it. See See how it'll work. Okay, that sounds good. That's really helpful. I've been really stressed out about that aspect. So that was really awesome advice. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Good luck. I'm glad you made it back to the the right side. Me too. It feels a lot better. (laughs) All right, Jenna, good luck. Thank you. And join Application Academy if you haven't yet. What are you waiting for? All right. Oh, next week we're starting uh, starting um, personal statement stuff. So uh, Tuesday we'll do a little presentation on personal statement and we'll go from there. Hello there. Hi, Dr. Ray. Hi. What's your name? Johari. Johari. What's up, Johari? Um, so I just had a really quick question because I was asked this question like on my TikTok and um, 
they like I realized like oh I do need to answer this question as well but <laughs> what's um, your TikTok uh it's it's Johari. I post a lot of MCAT like stuff there. But... Oh, I, I I um I said something on your TikTok like yesterday or two days ago, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Oh, well, my mom. Oh, wasn't it about your personal statement? <laughs> like, did you use a, a book? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. Nice. nice. Yeah, your book was helpful. Thank you. Good. But um, I just had a question because I do have like a letter of recommendation that I've kind of just been sitting at, and I was wondering like how like. How old is like how at one point did letter recs become like too old to submit to like Yeah. Apple? So the the general rule of thumb is you want your personal or your letters of recommendations to be dated the year that you apply. Okay. So if you're applying here in 2022, you want your letters of recommendations dated in 2022. Okay. It doesn't mean they have to be rewritten. You can mm-hmm. go back to your letter writers and say, "Hey, Dr. Smith, hey, professor whoever, um Thank you for your letter that you wrote me. Uh, here's what I've been up to. If you haven't maintained that connection, um, I didn't apply back then because of X, Y, or Z, but I'm applying now. I, I promise. Uh, can you update it at the the date? If you mm-hmm. want to update anything else, here's what I've been up to. Blah blah blah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, that's all I had. I really yeah. appreciate it. Easy peasy. Good job. <laughs> yep. All right. Let's get some more people on. Um, we don't have anyone else here who wants to come on. So if you request, I'll bring you on. All right. Come on live. With me, <laughs> Taylor says, uh, to anyone considering enrolling in Application Academy, do it. Uh, Taylor is one of our successful graduates from last year um, who was very active uh, and, and learned a ton, I hope, um, but obviously got into medical school, so got what she needed out of it. Hello there. Hey, how are you doing? I'm okay. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm at work on my break, so okay. I'll be really quick. <laughs> yeah, let's go. What's your name? Um, so I'm Tyra. I'm Hi. from Louisiana. Hi, Tyra from Louisiana. Yes. So I'm maybe a little scatterbrained right now, but um, I graduated this past September in chemistry, and I chose not to apply my junior or senior year just because it was a lot going on. I felt that I wasn't ready. And I hadn't started studying for the MCAT, um, and so I held off. Okay. Uh, so I'm currently in my gap year. I moved to Memphis, Tennessee, and I'm currently working at a medical device company. Um, and they are well aware that I am still on the path to applying to medical school. So with that being said, I've had the opportunity to volunteer at St. Jude's Hospital in the gift shop area, and I've also been volunteering with the local hospice um, company here. Um, Not going to see patients as of right now, but just so more so helping around the office and sending out like letters for holidays and whatnot. Um, I've been studying and I'm just trying to see because I'm really like in self-doubt mode and a little like anxious and scared. Welcome to being a pre-med. No, for real. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> but my GPA in undergrad, I graduated with a 
3590. That's the entire thing. And I had one huge leadership role in MAPS, um, which is the Minority Association of Pre-Medical Students under SNMA. Yep. So I was um, the vice president of that, and we held a lot of volunteer and community service events. On top of that, I was also involved in other things. So my community service hours are there. As far as shadowing, I didn't have any transportation in school. And so that was kind of hard to do. And then with it being such a small town and there being a lot of pre-med students at my school, it was really hard to get in to those clinics and hospitals. And some doctors just straight up said no. And so that was hard. And then moving here to Memphis, it's been hard because I don't have a connection with any physicians here. And then with COVID, it's been very difficult as well. So my shadowing hours are zero. And are you so, doing any um, virtual shadowing? I attempted. <laughs> what do you mean you attempted? attempted. eShadowing.com. You just go on the website, you, you sign up, you register, you watch the videos, and you got eShadowing hours. I attempted it. It was, I, it's just, I don't know, as I've been trying to juggle so much. And when I get off work, I'm just like, energy is like on negative 100. And well, that's perfect like, for eShadowing. You just sit there like a lump on a log and watch. Is it? Is it real time or is it? No, you you have all week to watch it. Okay, see, I didn't know that, and it's been it's been hard because it's I don't have a mentor, and so it's hard to like navigate things or like get things in place and stay on track. But I'm just trying to make sure that when it comes time for me to apply, that I don't you know submit a subpar application and have all these excuses as to why I didn't. Yeah certain things or wasn't able to do certain things. Are you planning on applying this cycle? I am. I'm currently studying right now. Studying for the MCAT, but you're planning on applying this cycle. Yes. So you don't have any shadowing. It doesn't sound like you have clinical experience. Probably not. No, not with, no, no. Okay. You should not apply this cycle. You don't think so? No. I, how can you apply and say, I want to be a doctor. Yeah. And you don't have any, any experience being around patients, being around doctors, understanding for yourself that mm-hmm. you're going to enjoy this, that you're going to like this. That this is what you want to do for the rest of your mm-hmm. life. Well, I had the opportunity to shadow one physician who was a cardiologist back home. And I did that for a month. Um, but I had to stop because I moved. And so that was the only uh, clinical experience that I was able to get. That's not clinical. Shadowing is not clinical. Clinical is being around okay. patients. I was around patients. I was, well, I'm Shadowing is not clinical. Okay. What patients have you been around? Um,. I could just say his patients when I shadow. Well, his patients. Um, now I'm talking about you interacting with the patients, not okay, just shadowing. No, okay, none, none. None. You should not apply none. this cycle. Okay. The biggest mistake that students make when applying is applying with little to no clinical experience. Mm. You have to prove to yourself that you like being around patients, that you like caring for them in some way that you enjoy the day-to-day life of being around patients, of hearing their complaints, of hearing their whining, of smelling their smells and, and seeing their stuff, right? 
You haven't done that. You haven't proven to yourself. You have this theoretical, like, I want to be a doctor because I got a doctor's kit when I was three years old. You have to, you have to go out and prove to yourself that you like this world of medicine. And then you prove it to the medical schools through your writing and through your interviewing. So you should not apply this cycle. It's my recommendation. You can, obviously. I can't, I can't stop you. But you're probably going to be wasting your money if you apply. Can you get in with no clinical experience? Sure, you can. It's very, very unlikely, though. Mm-hmm. Okay. Would you, I was able to, from now to, let's say, June, attempt, well, not attempt, but acquire a position to gain the clinical and shadowing um, hours, do you think that there would be a slim chance that it would be a good time for me to apply this year? You can, you can I- try. You can yeah. try. It's going gonna, it's gonna to require you to go put yourself out there. I, I heard several things, right? I didn't have transportation. I don't have a mentor. I don't have any connections. Those are all excuses, mm-hmm. right? You don't have transportation. Well, guess what? You don't have to own a car to get places these days. You use Uber. You have friends. You don't have a mentor. You don't have any connections. Guess what? We have email. We have social media. We have phones. You cold call, you cold email, right? You put yourself out there. And yeah, life gets in the way. You're busy with work, you're busy with, with studying, you're busy with everything. But if this is what you want, you, ha- you have to take that extra step and advocate for yourself because nobody's going to do it for you. Okay? Thank you for that. Yes, you just gave me some tough love. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. That's what I do. DM me. Um, we'll get you uh, set up on Mapped with a uh, Mapped advising chat uh, feature for free for the year, so that you have an advisor um, that you can check in with. You put all your grades in, all of your activities, and then check in with us uh, through the Mapped chat feature. We're chatting with one of our advisors. And and we'll we'll make sure you, you get to where you need to go. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So just DM me and say, hey, we talked about blah blah blah. I'm in Memphis. Give me mapped. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Good luck. Thank you. You're welcome. You have to advocate for yourself. You have to. You have to. There, there there's no excuses anymore. We live in a world where Everything, everything is overcomable with with some work. Hello there. Hello, Dr. Rob. How are you doing? I'm good. What's your name? Uh, Abraham. Abraham, what's going on? Uh, everything's going well. Thank you for asking. Um, I actually just wanted to come here and uh, and thank you for the book. Uh, it's been, it's it's helped me a lot. Um, Which one? Write my essay. So I'm, I'm talking about like, the completing the uh, the application, like pretty much like the activity section, the application um, process book, my newest one. Yes, yeah, correct. I have lots of books. Got to got to be specific. <laughs> it's a problem. <laughs> so, it was great. So thank you very much for that. Um, it's difficult for 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 me to write. So because English is not my first language. So even then, it was like really great. But uh, I'm coming here to ask 
um, some advice from you because I just completed my master's program. I graduated last year in in um, hopes to like prove to medical schools that I can be a good student. Yep. Uh, I came to the States as an immigrant and I had to work three jobs to pay for my school. So um, and uh, basically that hindered my GPA. So I had like 3.1. Okay. And uh, when I did my master's, um, I, I actually got married and a long time later, like between college and my master's along like three or four years happened. I got married. My wife's an attorney and she was able to help me uh, when it came to like paying for rent and stuff. So I was able to focus on on my academics and I was able to to get a 3.9 GPA, which um, is great. But it's still my my undergrad, unfortunately, still hinders me a lot from like. The What's your undergrad? GPA. Three point one, you said. No, your GPA three point one, three point two. I think you said. Three point one. Three point one. Okay. Any any trends in there? Yeah. Well, um, it's all it's kind of like all over the place because okay. sometimes I'd have to work like two jobs, sometimes yeah. three. Makes sense. Okay. So, uh, How many it's, credits it's is your master's? My master's is the 34 credits. Okay, so a decent amount in what? And it's in biomedical sciences. Great. Down okay. In Miami, Bay yeah. University. Yeah. So, so um, that was helpful, but I, I am still dealing with the MCAT. So I, <laughs> I scored a... As, as we do. <laughs> that's a good way of... That's, a, that's the perfect way of putting it. Like, I'm, just, I'm dealing with it, right? It's like... I'm still dealing with, like, uh, people don't understand this, how important it is. And I'm currently in the application cycle. I'm waiting. Like I have uh, Rocky Vista, um, uh, Incarnate Word. I mean, I have like eight med schools that are literally telling me like, hey, we're still interested in your candidacy. But, you know. So uh, you're in the us. application cycle now. Yeah. And I, I, I told them, I sent them an, an update in December. Like, hey, listen, uh, I know my MCAT is low. I got a 496. So uh, I I am, you know, I'm retaking it in January 15th and okay. I did my best. I was like doing a lot of practice questions, something that I hadn't done before. Before I was just like a lot of content review. Yeah. So I'm hoping to see an increase. Did you do any full length uh, exams second time around? Yes, I didn't do as much. I did like three of them. They were all like the AMC ones. Okay. And how uh, were you scoring on but, those? Before I used Altius and I did like eight practice exams and like I got, you know, I didn't score as well as I would have wanted to. But yeah, um, but anyway, I retook it. I'm waiting for my grades that come out on February 15th. OK, what are you, what are you I, expecting? How are you scoring on the double AMC ones? So my highest score on the AMC was a 501. OK, so not much so, improvement. Right. But my, my main goal to be honest with you, uh, Dr. Gray, is to go to a DO school. Yep. So, um, so uh, you know, hopefully it'll come back somewhat competitive. But I, I'm struggling because I even registered for the May 14th. <laughs> Just to, I like that's my mentality. People are like, "Why are you still studying? You've been studying for a year now." And it's like, I I don't know. I feel like I I I don't know if what I'm doing is the best when it comes to like. Uh, retake like registering for the May 14th because I even took a job 
uh, with the University of Miami as a clinical research associate because I'm like, okay, what am I going to do before? Because I might not get in this cycle. Yeah. You know? So, and uh, when I realized that, I'm like, okay, uh, how am I going to fit in time for the MCAT while I'm studying, right? Uh, and also going to work and stuff. So, I I don't know if you have had, well, I know you have had because you have so many students. Uh, how do they deal with, like, working and, like, studying for the MCAT? It's, everyone's different. Uh, I... I I had a student uh, post in our, our pre-med hangout, our Facebook group, um, that she's doing a master's program now and working full-time and she's looking for, for study tips. And I basically said, if you're doing a master's to prove that you're academically capable for medical school, you should not yeah. be working like full-time. And, and I understand like there's, there's a privilege that comes with not needing to work, but yeah. if your goal is to go to medical school – you have to prove that you're academically capable. And if you are distracted because you're working, mm -hmm. you're not going to do what you need to do to prove to medical schools that you're academically capable and all you're doing is hurting yourself and wasting money at the same time. You're working to pay for school that you're not getting the grades that you need so you don't have to work anymore in, in medical school, right? Mm -hmm. And so at some point, some some self-reflection on who you are specifically as a person in your life, your specific life situation, who you live with, what your rent is, uh, the car you drive, all this stuff. You have to take a look at the, at the big picture and go, well, I don't need to live by myself. I, I don't need the car that I have. I don't need this. I don't need that. Let me move in with my parents. Let me move into uh, a four-bedroom house with eight other people and, and pay a quarter of the rent. Like, let me figure out how I can cut as many costs as possible so that I can focus on the thing that I need to focus on so I can get into freaking medical school. Right. So for you, if you took the MCAT, when was the first time you took it? Um, this is actually really embarrassing. It was in 2019. So, um, so, so this, why is that embarrassing? You took it in 2019. No, because uh, I did not study at all for it. I thought I was hot <laughs> stuff. Yeah, that, that's not unusual. Trust me. You are not really? alone in that arrogance of the MCAT, right? That's that's why I have this. Hold on, let me, uh, I got to move. Uh, let's see if I can do it without breaking anything. That's why I have this sign that says, I don't know if it's going to be backwards on here. It is. It says, respect the MCAT, right? Because too many people yeah. are like, oh, I'm a good student, whatever. It's a piece of cake. Yeah. It's just another standardized test. I crushed the SATs, whatever, right? right. And, and then they come out with a, two black eyes because they're like, holy crap. That just beat the crap out of me, right? Yeah. So don't worry, don't worry about it. <laughs> don't, don't feel embarrassed. I'll, I'll I don't care. Like I got a 484 the first time I took it. Yeah. I took it a second time recently, a 496. So okay. that's like a 12 point increase. Yeah. Which it's it it looks good, right? Like, but at the same time, it's like not competitive. So correct. Yeah, and I that's basically uh, so my so next the the hold on. Let me let me finish answering your first question. The the reason I asked, like when you took it the first time, so. Yeah. This last January, 10, 11, 12, 13 days ago, whatever it was, um, that was your third attempt, correct? 2019 
when was your second attempt? 2021. 2021. 2022, right after. Yeah. At some point, you need to just slow down. Right? You're, you're in this race of needing to get into medical school. This MCAT continues to be your kryptonite. And you need to respect it. And you need to just slow down. So if I were you, I would hope and pray that you got hopefully above a 500 or 499, somewhere where the couple schools that, that are interested in you. Did you interview at these schools? They're, they're just like, oh, yeah, we're interested, but your MCAT uh, score is not competitive. Yeah, so the only school that I interviewed with so far has been Kentucky. Um, but my, my wife... She, like, like University of Kentucky, Pikeville, right? Okay. So, uh, no, no, the DO, like okay. Pikeville. Yep. So it's very rural, and my wife told me like, "There's no way I'm going there because yeah. I can't find a job there." Well, that's not and true like, because guess what? COVID has has changed the world of of telework. So, um, right. she she could find a, a telework job as a lawyer. So, uh, but yeah, it complicates things. And if she doesn't want to live there, she doesn't want to live there, and you'll you'll have to deal with those ramifications. So, um, my suggestion for you is get your score back. Mm -hmm. If it's not where it needs to be, don't take it again in May. Respect it. Go slow. Do what you need to do, whether it's a tutor or a course or something. Mm -hmm. Take it normal time frame next year, kind of January, March, April, and apply next cycle. Don't jump into taking the MCAT in May, reapply, do everything that you need to do. Slow down. Because what you're doing is, is, is you're just freaking yourself out, stressing yourself out, thinking, I have to apply, I have to apply, I have to get in, I have to get in. And, and, and you're just, what you are demonstrating potentially is just poor judgment. As, as an yeah. admissions committee member, I can go, okay, 2019, 2021, 2022, 2022, 484, uh, 496, 499, 500. And you don't see this improvement that you would expect over time. And it just shows yeah. poor judgment. So slow down, give yourself some grace, allow yourself some time. So right? hard, but it's very hard. Dr. Gray said, this is what, what do you think, right? I, like, yeah. what's the rush? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so next you, question. No, right. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, honestly, it's just being, I guess it's like part of being in like uh, being married, right? You have to, I don't know, I guess I have the pressure of wanting to also support my family, right? And, and Your wife's a lawyer. She got she 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 bills by every six minutes. You're fine. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> obviously it depends my, on what she does. <laughs> sure, but but no, you're you're right, and I and I I just thought you know like it being my fourth time, I thought that it would be um, easier, and maybe I should apply next cycle, like this upcoming cycle. But you you're saying I should take a year to just study for the MCAT and then. Retake it. No, nothing, nothing gets easier just because you take it four times, five times, six times. It's, mm -hmm. it's the self-reflection 
and and an an improvement in between each time that causes the increase in score. Right? It's a huge mistake that students make. They'll 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 bang out excuse me, they'll they'll bang out six full length exams in a week going, oh, I took six full length exams. My score is gonna go up. No, it won't. Because you have no, to right. review the full length exam. You take the full length exam you review it over two days, you figure out where you went wrong, where you went right, you figure out where your weaknesses are, and then you improve those weaknesses, which takes time. Yeah. And then you do it again. Yeah. Right? And so for you to just constantly jump from MCAT to MCAT to MCAT thinking, oh, the more I take it, the better I'll do, like that's just, that's wrong. <clears throat> okay. All right. Well, uh, thank you for, for the sage advice. I appreciate it very much. You're welcome. And uh, yeah, I, I will do that. Thank you. All right. Fingers crossed. Good luck. Thank you so much, Dr. Gray. Take care. You're welcome, Abraham. All right. Oh, we got lot, we got lots of people joining now. Everyone's like, ooh, Dr. Gray, rip me apart too. <laughs> oh, man. Hello there. Hi. Hi. My name is Ruby. Sorry. I'm a little sick. So. Hi, Ruby. I'm sorry you're sick. Hopefully it's not the Rona. It is. Oh, no. <laughs> the Rona got gotcha. you. I'm boosted. So I just feel like I have allergies. Science. Um, yeah. Thank Good. God. Yeah. Um, but so I was I was listening to when you were talking to somebody else about the clinical um, shadowing. And I had a question about that because. A majority of my clinical shadowing was my senior year of high school because I was in a program where um, if my school would have allowed me to start in my junior year, I would have graduated high school with a um, an MA certification. So I did a lot of um, I did a lot of like, d you know, taking vitals, rooming patients, things like that. Um, but then I went to a private school in Iowa um, called Grinnell. So it's very rural. And um, a lot of, I guess, what I thought could be counted as clinical shadowing was volunteer volunteering at the Children's Hospital, um, because we were able to, like, be with the kids and like, you know, it's kind of like child life stuff. Yeah, yeah, okay. stuff like that. So I thought maybe that would count. And then I did an externship at UC Davis, because um, an alum from my uh, from the college I went to, they're like the chief of cardiothoracic surgery over there um, for the anesthesiology department. So I was able to shadow him. And I know that doesn't count as clinical. Um, so then now I graduated in 2021. Um, and I'm a research coordinator now at the David Geffen School of Medicine. Um, okay. But I don't know if my what I thought would count as clinical will count because before I started my job at David Geffen for like two months, I was a clinical research, um, like patient recruiter. So I was just recruiting patients and then like grooming them mm -hmm. and taking them to like the, the different doctors that we had at the, yeah, that, at that's, the that's a clinical research coordinator. That's, that's kind of what you do. Yeah. Right. And, that's, that's and clinical now, experience. Yeah. And okay, great. And so now I'm at UCLA um, and I do the David Geffen, I'm with the David Geffen School of Medicine, and we do, well, the research part was we were going out to um, 
different homeless encampments in LA County and we were providing them with the COVID vaccine okay. because we we're trying to see, we, our study was investigating if by having like a peer ambassador um, in within their encampment or their shelter, if them already being somebody that's vaccinated could go around and encourage others to get vaccinated as well. So they would do outreach with us and the community health workers okay. and um, talk to them about their vaccine story and um, encourage them to get vaccinated. And we were just seeing like, okay, so um, if this, if we have a PA, how many additional people are they able to vaccinate compared to like just us when Got it. it was a, it, it was either someone from UCLA or Got LA it. County. And they what's your, what's your question? My question is, does that count remotely as any clinical? I, I think you could you could potentially spin it in a way if if you talk about it in the right ways. I think you could potentially spin it as clinical experience. Okay, because that's that's what I was concerned about. That's why I was explaining it because I wasn't sure if it would count. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's it's up to you to determine what category you're going to put it under. And then the each individual medical school will adjudicate it. So UCLA, right, if you apply to David Geffen, they'll go, oh, yeah, that's clinical. I, I know that program, right? If, if you apply to uh, Kaiser up the road, they'll go, oh, I don't know what that is. That, that doesn't sound clinical, right? So it just depends on, on each individual medical school on uh, how they read your description and impact and everything else. They're not going to just look at the name and experience the, like the experience name and go, Oh, that's clinical. That's not clinical. That's why it's, it's always this game that we play with students of like, well, I, I, I was this, right. And they'll give me a title. I'm like, I don't know what that is. What did you do? Right. And so you could potentially spin it depending on what you focus on with your writing and and somebody reading it will go, oh yeah, that that sounds clinical. You're interacting with people; they are patients in a non-clinical setting, discussing clinical care. Okay. Right. Great. <laughs> cool. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Have a good day. You too. <sighs> do 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 do. Oh my God! Hey, Sammy. <laughs> hello, hello. Oh, hello. How you doing? Good. What's your name? Yeah, my name is Pacifique. Say it again. Pacifique. Pacifique. Yeah. All right. What's going on? Your uh, your microphone's jumbling up a bunch, so I'll hold it away from you. I had some. There we go. Okay. My name is Pacifique. I'm an international student. I go to a small college called University of Maine and Machias. Um, this is my last semester as a junior, but so far I have had a lot of like difficulties, especially like coming in the US as first as an international student and then like go to a small college where I, I'm the only pre-med student right now. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard. And so even knowing what's required to go to a medical school, it's really hard, but I managed to get to know a lot of stuff. I haven't done any shadowing yet or any clinical experience because like most of like the hospitals around here, they say they can 
accept any kind of like stuff like that because of the COVID. But I managed to get hired as a CNA. Oh, woohoo! Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I want to do as a clinical experience. Perfect. I want to know how much you think uh, having a CNA, like working as a CNA, like count on the application. CNA is and, a great clinical experience. And also like, oh, uh, like on the shadowing, it's also hard. Like what would also be another suggestion for someone who wants to go to medical you're, school? If you're working as a CNA, I'm assuming it's in a, is it in a hospital setting or a smaller clinic setting? What, what a, setting is it? Yeah, it's a, it's a small clinic. It's yeah. a nursing home. Okay, so it's a nursing home. So you could potentially have that conversation with your nursing home supervisors. Usually at nursing homes, there are physicians that come and round on patients uh, yes. once a day, once a week, whatever it is, and just say, yeah. hey, like, hey, boss, can when the doctor comes, can I just take 15, 30 minutes, an hour? I'll yeah. stay longer. I'll come earlier, whatever it is. And yes. can, I take my, can I take my lunch break and shadow for an hour? Um, while while the doctor yes. comes, you can do that, yeah. right? You're already oh, in that course. setting. You have access to those people. Just just ask. Yes, I also had another idea because I'm originally from Rwanda and I'm planning to go back to Rwanda like this May, and probably I'll get a chance to shadow there. But I don't know if that would count much through the U.S. medical school application. It, it counts less international shadowing because the goal of shadowing is to understand the role of a physician and what they do day in and day out. Rwanda's healthcare system is different than our healthcare system. And so yes. what you see in Rwanda isn't the same experience as as what you'll see here. So yes. it also depends on what your kind of life goal is. If your goal is to go back to Rwanda and practice, then then maybe that's a good thing and you just have to find a medical school that is okay training you knowing that your plan is to go back to Rwanda. A lot of medical schools, their goal is to train people to stay here, to 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 take care of the kind of the the, the citizens of their state, the residents of their state. So yeah. there, there's some potential issues there. But um there's there's virtual shadowing, right? My my e-shadowing is is most Monday nights. Um uh, live, or you can just watch the replay throughout the the rest of the week. So there's there's no excuses for not having any shadowing, uh, especially during COVID when we have virtual shadowing, which is a good a good alternative. Yeah, I've had one so far, like for spinal surgery, but it was like an hour and a half. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I had another question. Like, I also plan to take the MCAT in August. Okay. When are you applying? Uh, I want to apply probably like in the fall, like to to start the medical school either in the fall of 2024 or the spring of 2024. So medical schools start at the same time every year. They start in the summer. They start July, August. Um, oh. And you apply the year before. So... Uh, yeah. If you want to start medical school July or August of 2024, that means yeah. you're applying May of 2023. Oh. Okay, May, June of 2023, yeah. which means you should be yeah. taking the MCAT at the latest, ideally, January, March, April of 2023. So if you're planning on taking it August of 2022, that's fine. Yeah. 
Oh, that's something I didn't know about. Now you know. <laughs> yeah, now I know. Anyways, <laughs> thank you. Sometimes like it's really hard. Like I just saw you accepting my request, and now I would have a lot of question if I would sit down. But now I just run out of question. But thank you so much. And also, there is a something you mentioned to someone who was on live that she should message you and. You can direct her to the mapped live chat like that. If we will, if it is possible, honestly, I would love to have to join something like that. I really have a lot of things. You want one of those too, huh? Yeah, I really want one. Oh, man. All right, DM me. Okay, thank you so much. <laughs> that's like, that's like uh, lots and lots and lots of uh, some cash there. All right, good luck to you. Um, giving away all kinds of stuff today. Let's rock and roll. I think we can squeeze one more in. It was a good day. It started slow. Nobody wanted to join me live, but now we're rocking and a rolling. Hello there, Tram. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very good. So, um... I live in Illinois and I just finished my associate in science and I'm currently working in surgical tech. And um, I've always wanted to be an ENT surgeon, but it's just like... Why you know, Why what, specifically an ENT surgeon? That's very specific. Yeah, it's, it's because um, I'm from Vietnam and a lot of kids over there, We uh, because of the uh, what happened in the past, they were born with a cleft palate. A lot of them were born with that, those effects. Mm. And... And it's it's just like my mom. She was a surgical nurse, so over is, there is that a like a is that a, like an Agent Orange kind of sequelae exposure of kids? What what's yes. the yeah? So like you know like after a while, even though like after the war, it's still like um like the the uh, the stuff is still on the uh, on the ground and stuff. So that's yeah. why when kids were born, if you live the near area with their effects the most. Then, yeah, they were born with a lot of, like, cleft palate. Yeah. That's why. Um, and also, I think it's because I work at the surgical tech, and it's, I've, I've seen a lot of procedures, and the other, they don't interest me as much as ENT. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. So, it's just that, um, let's see. Surgical tech is a very, grill, like, how to say, it's a it's grilling work. Mm-hmm. It's It's... And I don't know why before I became a surgical tech, I I really wanted to be a, a doctor. But after I joined the um, the work and I see everything and I just, I feel defeated. Ooh, interesting. So now you're, now you're second guessing your decision to go to medical school. Correct. And also because my GPA is 3.0. Well, no, 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 no. Those are two separate things. One is, do I want to be a physician? Am I enjoying this world that I am in? And one is, am I smart enough? Do I have the grades enough to get in? Don't don't mush the two together. You have to keep them separate because they're two separate questions. Do I want to do this and can I do this? Two separate questions. So let's go with the first question first. Do you want to do this? So... You're in the operating room as a surgical tech helping the surgeon do their thing. 
what is it about that environment that has you feel defeated? Um, it's so yesterday I was scrubbing in a lot of cysto. It's cysto is not tough cases, but it's just um, I I've looked You're at bored. them. And, no, no, no. It's not bored. It's just it's just I look at the. Um, the work that they do like i remember yesterday like the doctor he had already 10 cisco cases yeah a lot of um turf and a lot of like <clears throat> prostate prostatectomy mm -hmm. it just um i look at his like you know work and everything and i just think okay if i actually become a doctor and then 10 cases are the day and he's he's still going to be on call and then it just um it's a lot yes it's, it's a lot yes because you know imagine you're working from like 6 a.m to yeah. <clears throat> 7 p.m full of yeah. cases and it's the one thing you have to understand is that as the surge tech even though you're there you're still on the outside you don't have that direct relationship with the patient you're on the periphery helping out Right, You're an integral member of the surgical team, but you don't have that relationship with the patient that is driving the why. Right now, you're doing what, 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 every single day, what, what, what. And the what is you're doing it, right? Mm -hmm. But the why is missing. The why is that relationship with the patient. The why is, is learning who that patient is and what they're suffering from and how you can help them. And, and 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 shaking their hand and marking up their body and, and doing whatever else pre-op and then going and seeing them post-op and building that relationship and then seeing them a week later for their, their post-op visit. You're missing all of those key parts. And so, yeah, it gets monotonous. It gets, it gets boring. It gets into a place where you are now where you're questioning, like, this is just a lot of work. For what? because you're missing the why okay so you you have to separate a little bit and mm -hmm. i would if you're not doing it already i would recommend shadowing shadowing will give you more of that why because then you'll be in and and you'll see and hear those conversations and and hopefully understand the why a lot more okay so before i was a surgical tech i was a medical assistant for three years okay I really enjoyed my work because I work you at the built relationships yes. with patients. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Th that's the difference. So, so all right, you you had a crisis of faith being in the operating room as a surge tech. Hopefully, I fixed that. Right. It's 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 not that you're questioning whether or not you want to be a physician. It's that you're you're um, out of touch with the patients and and you're missing that. Which tells me you should be a doctor because you're missing that. You want that. Okay? Mm -hmm. So maybe you, you just, you're just in the wrong field as a pre-med student right now. And maybe you can go back and work as a medical assistant or, or something else. Right? It, it, yes. It just said I'm just so worried because um, if I apply for school and they look at my uh, experience, they would be like, okay, um, you jump around job. Because like medical assistant during COVID and I live in Illinois, it's, it just there, don't uh, don't worry about that. Do what you need to do to keep yourself happy, to keep yourself motivated. Don't worry about what medical schools are going to think. 
you'll, you'll have a reason. I was a surge tech for three years. I, I enjoyed it, but I wanted to do something else. So I did something else. It's perfectly fine. Okay. So I, um, another question is like, I have two years left and I'm transferring to Alabama or UAB okay. school. Okay. And it just, I'm, t I'm currently taking biology two class. It's not that hard, but it's just like, I have tough professors. It's just like, they just don't blame the just, professors. Do not blame the professors. Okay. And then I'm just so worried because like I start reading, I, I, I work really hard. I read the chapters and everything. I still just don't get the material down. And I feel like, oh my God, if I don't get this easy, whatever people say, biology course down, I won't even need to study in med school. <laughs> well, it's, it's a lot of work. And so for some reason, you just haven't found the right study habit for you. So you just got to keep Keep figuring that out. And and your, hi, Rachel, I'll be on in a minute. <laughs> um, your exposure, your experience now with, um, with studying and being in community college or whatever you're, you're in now, um, you haven't figured out the right study methods for you to make the material stick. It's not the professor's fault. You just haven't found what works for you yet. And as you transition to the four-year university, no matter what your GPA is now, your goal is to crush it your next two years so that you can prove that you're academically capable. And that transition is going to be hard because it's going to be, um, it's going to be a little bit more intense probably. And so you just really need to focus in uh, every day on those study habits, on, on how you're absorbing information, how you're trying to learn information. Go onto YouTube, go onto Reddit, go onto places where you can ask questions about people's study habits and different subjects and, and get the answers you need to improve your, your understanding of the material so you can do better on the test. I think it's more um, because that I, I was overworked in the OR and when I came Could be. home... Yeah. Yeah. So work less. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. It's just. <laughs> um, so what was your, why did you wanted to become a doctor? My reason for wanting to go to medical school, it's not relevant to, to your reasons. Okay. <laughs> and, and I have videos on that on YouTube. Uh, I do have to run. You got this. You got this. Go, go find something that makes you happy day in and day out. It sounds like surgical tech is not that. And that doesn't mean you don't want to be an ENT. That doesn't mean you don't want to be a doctor. It just means you're just not excited with what you're doing right now. So I'm going to end there. Thank you, everyone, for coming and hanging out. Uh, Friday Q&A, 11 a.m. Eastern. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. All right, so there you have it. Again, the MCAT Minute brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. I hope that was helpful for you. Some great questions and some great students asking them. I do an Instagram Live almost every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern, and I only stay if people come on and ask questions. So last session, I stayed about five or 10 minutes and said, nobody's asking questions, I'm gonna leave now. So uh, come ask questions. Join in the fun. We make a fun hour or so of it. We have a great week. We'll see you next time here on The Pre-Mid Years.
This is MedEd Media.